Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.a For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Guys, we did the unthinkable. I, I think everyone on the show had uh, Sixers losing game one uh, and actually winning game two. So now I, I'm curious to see how the game predictions are going to change when we get to the end of the show uh, today. But wow, what a what a game. What, what, what did you guys, what was your guys' initial reactions to uh, last night? Um. Can't say I'm surprised because this is what we do. <laughs> so we've done this season. Um, I, obviously, James, you know, playing well. Um, I think something is in some from what I read, a little underrated play was Milton's first half. Um, especially some big shots where they made runs or when they had their lead. I thought that was really huge. Um, but this is overall, you know, competitive nature. Um, you know, PJ didn't score, couldn't come off the court. Um, I don't even know if he even took a shot. I don't even know if he took a shot. I didn't, um, I didn't take a shot. I think first, first player in modern uh, in modern history uh, to uh, not attempt a free throw or a shot and play uh, above thirty five minutes in a game. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but but it had a huge impact on the game. So I, I I think it was it was you know James did what he did, but I still think it was a really really big team win. I, I really do. I mean, you have a guy like Paul Reed just stepping in and and offer semifinals that we haven't won in a long time, and now all of a sudden he's starting with Joe out and he was on. I mean, he did well. I mean, we had some good plays and. Team stepped up and 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 you accomplished something that that was that's, that we all know had to happen in order for you to um, move to the next round is win the road game. So you have accomplished that. This team has been so good with uh, undermanned starting fives all season. Um, Doc's just been really really good at that. I think Doc's best coaching comes when he's down somebody or down multiple people. Um, and we talked. We touched upon this last episode. I really think 
I really think this team benefited from just coming off a game without Joel. So it was a pretty seamless next game. They didn't have to not relearn how to play without him, but just get used to that again. Whereas I think Horford touched upon how they didn't prepare correctly without for the game without Embiid. Um, I don't know what that meant as far as how they game planned or, or just the mentality overall. That's, but That's a shot at coaching right there. It is, yeah. Um, but, I mean, hell of a job. I mean, Reed's continuing to make a lot of money in the offseason with the way he's playing, and he deserves every every penny, man. He's He's been so good. You saying somebody deserved money? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's with us, depending on how much you want. But it depends on what he get, though. Yeah, yeah. You'll cap him now. I like to have a (laughs) yes. I like a. I like a little discount for us. You'll cap him now. If he wants to, you know, if he wants to become liquid, he could do that in some other city. But you know, let's make a good living in Philly. Um, (laughs) Now that Josh Harris's agent over here, Eric. (laughs) Exactly. He's been playing so well, though. I mean, he just how to keep people from making more money. <laughs> ah, well, I want to win, so you know, there's that. Um, <laughs> whatever it takes. I mean, like, yeah, whatever it takes. Really, I mean, I don't think anyone. I mean, the, I was telling Mark the other day that the saving grace of Paul Reed's contract is that big man in the NBA is becoming like the the running back of the NBA. There's just so many big men. You got guys like Cousins who didn't ever get on the roster all season you know it's just it's crazy how much talent there is for bigs and just not enough spots i guess anyway um but yeah i, I think we played so good without him and going forward i mean you know I, it, it's encouraging the way we play without him it's to dig in a little bit deeper about about this game um one thing i saw and you can just see it in the, in the way we've played um pretty much throughout the season when there's been so many games we've, where we've had, talked about on the show or games that look like they were slipping away, but then we kind of rallied together in the resilience factor. How much do you think this resilience factor, especially in the playoffs, um, is coming from having a guy like P.J. Tucker on this roster, a guy like we haven't really had uh, in a while on on this team? And it's, I mean, obviously, Embiid said we need to get a guy like that. We get a guy like that. And this year, like, no lead's too big enough for us to come back from regular season and in the playoffs. Um did you see that uh, that kind of being a thing, Eric, where PJ Tucker's kind of giving well, us? Yeah, I mean, I think he brings a. I mean, toughness is yeah, he brings it, but it's not that you kind of lack the toughness. I mean, you had a guy like Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago. Like, I just think that he brings a, a a style that was necessary, um, and people looked at it as just you know you can look at it from the toughness. Um, you can look at it from the defensive versatility um, effort. I, I think the probably the biggest thing that he's contributed this year has been the rebound, offensive rebounds and the 50-50 balls. Very, very crucial extra possessions. Um, then if he makes the corner three, that's just Add that's, a bonus. that's going from that's going from depending on a couple makes to like bonuses. When he does it, um, so I think that from from that perspective of doing a lot of the things that you know stats may not tell you how good it is, but laying that foundation and then being a the guy that's you know serviceable to make that corner shot and then allowing the other guys that we know are offensive forces to for their volume to go up, um, you know. 
James when it's necessary. Maxie's volume is going up. Tobias when it's necessary. And Joel improving the five or six points or whatever he did from the previous season. A lot of that has to do with the fact that you you could have we were we put a guy like PJ in there um, with limited touches, limited volume, still very much effective um, in order to help us win, and, and and it has helped the people around them as well. Cajun, what are your general thoughts on the PJ Tucker experience, playoff PJ? Last year around this time, we were pulling our hair out about. Uh, uh, Tucker was out rebounding our entire team except for Joel. Like no one, he was killing us. That's where just the whole we need a guy like that started. It was like, why don't we? Why don't some of our guys that are taller than him? It's just getting those rebounds. It's so nice to be on the receiving end of those rebounds. Um, you just know he's going to go for all those loose balls and all those rebounds. And, and even if he doesn't get it he impacts the game because there are at least one or maybe two opposing players that know they have to put a body on him, which if you have another guy who hustles, there's a reason why Paul Reed and him were snatching up rebounds yesterday. I think they combined for like 20 or something or close to it. Um, if you have another guy who's, who's high energy on rebounds, yeah, that means you have two guys that you have to put bodies on all the time, all game, every game. I mean, that is, that's where he expends his energy. So he's not going to just take those plays off. That is his play. When the guy's not shooting once in a game, that energy's putting somewhere. So it, it's going for every single ball out there. So that that's one less guy for someone else to guard, one less guy for someone to body. I just think it rubs off on other players too. Like I think other guys see that and they also scramble and they go for every ball they can. Yeah. Um, this is what he saved the energy up for. This is what – you know, uh, this is playoff PJ. I almost think it's playoff Harden too, in a way. Um, you know, this is what it's what you said all. I think most of last year when we got him was, you know, we don't need him to be Houston Harden. We need him to do it, pick his moments and pick his yes. spot to do it. Yes. And like <laughs> yesterday was time to clock in, man. Punch that hole of that. You know what I mean? Like that's for both guys. So we need that. We need both guys to do that. Yeah, I can't remember the word that I said, but I, yeah, that's that's what I mean. This the the games will happen where it's necessary. Yeah, uh, four moments. Want, yeah, the, 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 those moments are going to come. I think he needs to maintain that. Oh, just he need to be there when when it's necessary, when it's needed. Mm-hmm. And he was. So now it's like, okay, we don't got to win. So hopefully we get Joel back and win the series, Joel. Yeah, James. Maintain your level of play. All of a sudden, we need a possession, or we need a fourth quarter, take off. Or we need a first quarter, take off. That's where I think he's at. And like I said, I've, I've said that, but it was confirmed. And now we just got to keep growing and keep getting better and try to finish it off. Do you guys, uh, just continuing kind of on Harden, uh, do, do you think this was his signature playoff win? of his career high score. I think it was his highest scoring output ever in, in a playoff game. Tied right. 45. 45. Yeah. I, I, signature. Not sure. I mean, he's had some awesome games. Um, it's obviously a signature sixer moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, but I do think that it's, it's one, one of his, 
top moments in the playoffs um, because of the dynamics that was involved with it, not just the points he scored, but starting the game off hot and then continuing to attack, making the big shot, making the plays um, in the end. There's one thing to score 45. There's nothing to score 45 and really hit the game winner um, on top of that. Yep. Um, from three while you were down. Um, so, yes, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be, you know, said that this, this could be his signature moment, but I, I think it's sort of his, but I always, I do feel that James still going to always be in that moment um, in the playoffs because of his history of, we know what you've done. We know who you are, but it's always going to be, what have you done for me lately? I still firmly believe that that's how he's going to be viewed, unfortunately. Um, but he's on a good track right now. Deja, I know, I know you were telling me last night that you think this is his, his signature uh, playoff game. Um, what are your thoughts after uh, almost – about almost 24 Letting hours. Letting it settle in, yeah. So coming off the game, yes, I, I, I want to dig further into – are the stats in the playoffs. So I did a little, little, little digging. Uh, so his next best game happened for us, at least for the Sixers, Miami last year, he had a 31, nine and seven game. We won. Um, he had a similar, similar game in Brooklyn where he had 41, 10 and seven, but they lost uh, that same series had a 23, 18 and five game followed by a 34, 10 and 10, both great games uh, in Houston. He had a lot of crazy stats, but lost a lot of them. That's the thing. So, he had in 2020, he had a 37, 11, and 9 versus OKC in the first round. 2019, he had a 41, 6, and 9 game versus Golden State, followed by a 38, 4, and 10 game. But in both of those games, he his shooting wasn't as great, especially from three. Um, 2018, he had a 41, 8, and 7 versus Utah, 44, and 8 versus Minnesota. But again, we also got to look at who they play, right? And, and expectations. He should be both those teams. OKC was a first round matchup for them. Um, they almost lost. They went to seven that that series, by the way, which is pretty crazy. 2015 versus Golden State, he had a 45, 9, and 7. That would I think rival. And that was their only win of that series, which is a great win, signature win. They got they got beat up the rest of it. And then 42, 9, and 5 versus Dallas in that first round. So overall, I did an overall scope. James's record when he scores 38 or more is seven and six in the playoffs. Uh it's six and four when he scores 40 or more. Um, and six of those, he had at least 10 free throw attempts. I think on last night he had like six, four, six. I mean, he I think shoot. four. Yeah, he didn't shoot a lot of free throws, which makes there it even wasn't a lot of free throws in, in at all for the team. Yeah, well, they only had what 10 fouls. So yeah, yeah so it, it was one of those not typical hardened games where he scored a ton and didn't have a ton of free throws. Um his record is Five and five when he shoots 27 or more times. I think he had 30 attempts yesterday, right? Uh, his record when he shoots 14 or more three-pointers is four and five. And that was his first game since 2017 where he shot 13 or more threes and shot over 40% in that. Um, so when he scores a lot, they don't necessarily win a lot of those games in his past. Um, I think it was a signature game, not just because of what he did in his stats, but if you look at how it was won on his shot, the opponent, and Embiid's injury, and it was on the road in Boston against a, you know, at this point, a, 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 we're the inferior opponent here, right? So I, I just think with all of it mounted against him to do that, I think 
I really do think, and, and not to mention all those years in Houston where they were expecting that from him. So he was the guy that was supposed to be scoring that. They weren't expecting this from him, which is even like a cherry on top. Yeah, and I just – I mean, the reason why I really can't put it as a signature game because it's – its I would more classify more of it as a signature scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other games, when he scored less, but he was doing so much more. 23-18. <laughs> I mean, yes, he was just doing so much more. Um, crazy. In, in some of those games where I think now it was like it's necessary and it's needed for you to score for us to win. So I think it was his signature scoring game, but overall game, what he was doing in Houston and those, I just, I just can't say it's a signature game. Yeah, I also think too. I think JJ Reddick brought it up too, Marcus. You were gonna uh, uh, mention this: the way he scored and how efficient he scored in all three levels too, which was amazing to yeah. see. First time in his career, where he had five, uh, five shots made in the paint, five shots made in mid range, and then five threes. Yeah, I mean that's, but like, and I've, I know I've said this before on the show that. His his is not making or not taking mid range shots isn't a talent standpoint. It's just a style of play standpoint. Yeah. So good to see him do that. And he was attacking that early too. Yeah. Like he was on it early, trying to create a little old show. You all know I'm a fan of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that 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 step he had on Jalen Brown, who's no slouch as a defender. That cross he had on him on that on that layup, man, that was really nice. I I do a hundred and ten percent believe that he's over that Achilles problem. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, for our sake. <laughs> um, uh, one thing about the Celtics, though, this is interesting. Uh, so before um last night's game, um, teams that shot fifty eight percent or more from the field with ten or less fouls were twenty three and zero in the playoffs, but now twenty three and one, Boston. Wow. Crazy yeah. stat. Um, okay, uh, to kind of dive in a little bit further with uh, Harden. Um, so, obviously, we talked about how Harden looked like. Houston-Harden, a little throwback game, uh, or maybe not even a throwback game. Maybe it's a, 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 a new type of uh, Harden right here. Uh, scoring 45 in the ways he did it last night. But the uh, question is, um, do you think this is the Harden we're going to need even when Embiid returns from his injury? I mean, I, I firmly believe that it's it's the the plays and the possessions and the quarters when it's needed for James. I do not think that he needs to score 45 points a game um, for us to win. Even if Joel doesn't play the next game, I still think we can win with him without him scoring 45 points. Um, I do think that, you know, Maxi can score and him being more efficient can help. Um, yeah, shot um, right. He does that, so... I think that James will, you know, his play will be needed. He will need to maintain his level of play that he had or maybe even increase that. But um, I do not think that he needs to be a 45-point score um, for us to win um, without Joel and definitely not with him. Uh, I think with, with Joel is probably, you know, like I said, it's the same level of play and scoring. And the playmaking may need to maybe increase, you know, more assists. Um, and the assists that we're used to seeing this season. And, and that's what I think will happen with Joel because teams will play different. They're still going to double him. And and without um, Joel, James may start getting some double teams, and that's where the playmaking um, uh, will have to come into play. I'm surprised they didn't do that yesterday. 
they hardly tried it. In the second they were half. winning much, uh, a good majority of the games, so you know, you, um, you really didn't have to pull. I mean, they they um, we won that game, but you know, they helped us <laughs> in the end. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, maybe not full throttle, Houston Harden, but. Maybe somewhere in the middle between Houston and Philly, so like like Nashville Harden, maybe <laughs> Nashville Harden. He shoots like maybe like twenty shots, not thirty. Thirty is a little too high, I think, especially when you're adding Embiid shots and then adding the playmaking, so adding some assists. But I also don't think we can go right back to. Okay, let's just say he. I don't know when he's going to come back. I don't want to speculate at this point. I think we're going to talk about that a little later anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't think even when he does come back to go full throttle, run everything through Embiid again. I, I don't know if that, I don't know if that should happen. I, I guess only the, they know how much he can handle and how healthy he is. He might be on a minutes restriction. Who knows what happens when he comes I mean, back? When, so. when, yeah, I mean, and that's why I think James has to maintain his level of play and let the game dictate sort of when he can take over. Yeah, when he has to take over. Um, but to just come out and say, well, you know, Joe, I'll come back. You got to be this forty. It's just, it's just not going to happen like that. And you're, you're, you're going to play the way you play. If Joel's going to play, they're going to play through him. That's what they're going to do. Um, you have to play through him and see if he's still the thirty-three point scorer that he was during the season. So you're going to do that. Um, if, if then you've seen where that's not working or he's not healthy enough, then you make your proper adjustments. But you're going to go through him if he's playing. You don't think it's like an NFL receiver, injured receiver type move where you put him out there as like a decoy or anything? I mean, the difference is you put him out there as a decoy, it, it, it's going to be um, found out soon. Yeah, yeah. They'll find um, that on the first quarter. Yeah, you know, you're going to find out, like, oh, they're not going to him. Yeah. Or oh, we can challenge, we can attack him on the defensive end. Like, you're going to know um, real soon. Um, you, you double him, and, and then if he's <clears> – <throat> You know, if he's struggling to get up and down the court or get out, like, you're going to know. So the team is going to try to figure it out early. What can we get? What what do we have here with Joel? What, do we have the, you know, is it the 70% Joel's, 90%, 50%. So you got to figure that out so you can also plan and move forward. But the more you go to him. Just playing advocate here. The more you go to him early, the more the opponent finds out his limitations too, right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say go to him is go through him. Um, you 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 put him you put him in positions to do what he does best on his best shots, his best opportunities to be effective. Yes, yeah. and that's not necessarily doing anything different. That's what you would always do. You put him in position position to be his best um but you would have to figure that out um you know i would i would say if he's going to play they're going to him first play just you see where he's at and to let the other team know he's here and you see what they're going to do if they're going to show their cards uh or are they going to double him oh they're not going to double him okay let's let's get him a little closer to the basket they're not going to double yeah okay they double close the basket now you know you kind of Putting it out there because we've played a game and we really don't and we don't know what their game plan is for Joel. So as soon as he comes, you have to figure that out. Because that may that may um bring upon changes that you need to make throughout the 
you know, the, the time of the game. So the, the, the better you can make your adjustments and figure it out is, is, is just as helpful. Yeah. I mean, they'll know based on, I mean, they'll, they'll know how healthy he is before yeah. we do. So we'll find out a little later. So yeah. I guess they'll, they'll make their game plan adjustments based on that. At least the pick and roll pop from the mid range will be there. Yeah. Seems like the only thing he's doing right now in, in pregame is doing that. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a reason why. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so with that, uh, um, so I was watching ESPN earlier. Tim Legler said there's no reason for MB to play a game two. He said winning la- winning last night is a good reason to not play him game two and just let him get a, a couple more days rest to go play in game three. Um, so my question to you guys, since we stole a game at Boston, would you play him for game two uh, or would you rest him for game two? Uh, I wouldn't play him. I, I wouldn't play him. Um and the reason why I say that is because to me, this appears to be an injury that's not going to go away right now. It's not like a, you know, you kind of, you know, turned your ankle or something and you deal with the type of injury. You know, you got the healing that you notice like it's two weeks and it's healed. It seems to be a prolonging injury, um, yeah. a tolerance injury, meaning like what can he tolerate? Not a injury that, Hey, he's good to go. It happened. Now he's good to go. And we're moving forward. That injury's over with. It's a tolerance injury. He may be able to play, but how much can he tolerate? If that's the case, then no. He he, he play. You give him more days off. Um, If he's able to play and it's not going to hinder him going forward, they just gave him that one game off, then yeah, you let him play to kind of figure it all out in this game too instead of trying to figure it all out in game three. Um, but I, I tend to lean towards this is a tolerance injury that's not going anywhere. So if that's the case, sit him up. But, you know, he may say, I want to play. And then nothing you can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think if this is not an injury that can get much worse and it's just tolerance then is there a big difference in sitting waiting two more days do you think like how much can heal in two days well if it's if it's um swelling it can it, it will matter um yeah you know if it's some you know in in some form of swelling a couple of days would matter because then you have not necessarily a couple of days but it's the consistency of consecutive days that helps um Versus getting to a point, contact, pounding, yeah, and moving on from there. So now you yeah. you may not digress, but you don't get better either. Um, but um, so I, I I I do think that if it's that getting worse doesn't necessarily mean you may not make it worse, but you also don't help it get better. Um, so and that's why I said like we we. It's just so so many unknowns. Is is this an injury that's I know can get worse? Is this an injury that it is what it is and it's not going to get any better? You just got to play through it. That's what I'm saying. Is it a tolerance? I mean, we're giving our opinion, but we're giving our opinion based on not knowing the facts too. Yeah, we don't know much. So I think he's out for game two. Um, I wouldn't even say he's a guarantee for game three. 
I mean, I know I heard Skip say on his show, I don't know when <laughs> I don't believe everything he says, but he said 20 to 30 percent is what he heard right now on his knee. Like percent plain or 20 to 30 percent healthy. Healthy. Wow. Um, but skip twenty to thirty percent. That I think that's what because it was it was on the camera was on Shannon, so you couldn't really fully hear him in the background. It sounded like he said he's heard twenty to thirty percent. But he also thirty percent. He's not playing at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said there's a terrible. So twenty to thirty percent. Say it again. He also said in that I think I think in the same segment he said that uh, he has a minor tear. Is what somebody in the Sixers organization is telling him. There's a minor tear in his knee. That's what yeah. he said. Twenty to thirty percent. He's not playing. That's that's it's. I'm hoping it's not that. But he he's there's no way. He, 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 it's too unstable. Yeah. Not. And when you watch him shoot around, it's not encouraging. Like he doesn't want to move. You can tell he's not like he's just shooting jump shots. He's just, yeah. he just he, and he and he's not even really jumping. Yeah. yeah, he looks. He just looks very ginger. Um, I yeah, I'm, I'm. I hope it's not true what they said. It doesn't look good though. Um, I think if he, I think I could see him if he did try to come back for game two. I would say almost a guarantee he wouldn't play game three. He'd probably get such swelling from that game. It would hold. It would just. Yes, that's why. So don't even like if you rush him. He's not unless they think hey. Every time we're up one, play him. So, you know, up one, let's go up two. They'll win game three. We'll be up two one. Play him in game four. We'll go up three one. Let Boston play without him. Go up, go up three two. Come back for game. So only play him when we're like only have like a one game buffer. I mean, I don't know. I'm just. I mean, the one thing that game one did was it gave us the ability to win home games to move on. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, that's Boston's had really good success at Philly, though. That's the problem. That's the scary. Yeah, we hadn't had much success in Boston. We no, we hadn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I know um, it's crazy. It's, you never know. So all I'm saying is, if, if he's able to play, I believe that our chances increase. Um, and I believe our chances increase at home also. Yep. But if he's going to miss a game, the rest of this series, I'd rather it be game two than any other game. And my, we're, not, we're not supposed to win that game anyway, right? Like, so it's game well, two. It's, 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 um, and it's also a game that the people that – the guys that won the game one will have the one game this series that they can f- play free. Yeah. And we've seen that that's a dangerous team when they're allowed to play free. Yep. Yeah. That's how it felt in game, actually. I, I got the sense like uh, it's, it's when it got too close, we're like, we don't, we're not yeah. even as close right now. So you, you can, if we get that, if, if that team and Joel doesn't play and we get into the second half, we're in that third quarter, we go into the fourth quarter and it's a close game. Yeah. Yes. That's trouble for Boston, <laughs> big time. They're going to try to come out and lay it on us hard to undo that game. I just want us to keep it close. Get yeah. it to the fourth quarter. Keep it close. Um, Do you think either way he'll be on a minutes restriction? Or when he comes back, he's back? I guess they can do the minute restriction. Um, 
I guess he doesn't come back if it's a minute restriction. So you, you think when he comes back, he's he's coming back thirty eight minutes. I think they may say I think they may limit him. Um and, and be cautious of the minutes that he plays, or maybe the consecutive minutes that he played. Um, but I just can't if 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 they're saying, hey, you come back, you can only play 25 minutes, like then that's telling me he's not he's he's not right. Yes. I think we know he's not gonna be right, probably, right? I mean but the limited amount, like I, and I don't know how you do that. I mean you can you know, you play, you sit, you play, you sit. Like, I don't, I don't help it. Would you rather have Joel on a minutes restriction for game two and then a little higher for game three, or would you rather have no game two and then full throttle game three? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm not against a minute restriction in game two if it's not going to hinder him in game three. Yeah, I think either way he'll have massive swelling no matter yeah. what. He's not even running on the court. That's yet. what I'm saying. If it's going to hinder it, if you if you're sitting up here and you're saying that he has the swelling and is going down, so what? And it's hard. Like I said, I keep saying it's hard, but it is hard because we don't know if it's the swelling that's causing the issue or the stability that's causing the issue. Yeah. So we, we don't know. So if it's the swelling. Go sit down because that that's not going to get better by playing. If it's a stability and that's not going to change, it may be okay to get some minutes to know what you're dealing with. Yes. Um, to know how to kind of like get your body back playing and be, and so then in game three you can be a, a better prepared for it. Um, and to know what his limitations are. Yes, right? it kind of. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just, it's just hard guessing what it is. Um, I actually have one more question for that. Uh, do you think we were missing him more on offense or defense yesterday? Early defense. Yeah, well, attacking our basket. <laughs> <laughs> man, for a minute there, I was like, man, we don't have a chance. Until they just stopped scoring, it was like, man. Second half, they wanted to become a three-point shooting team. They were done doing that. Oh, we did a better job of staying in front of guys too. Now, um, but yeah, first they half settled was, a lot more in the second half, though. I don't know why. First half, it was just like lobs and layups and whatever you want, whatever they wanted. Yeah. So I was highly concerned with that. I'm like, man, and that, was, and that actually like during the during the time of the game, I'm thinking like. Would they even be attacking the rim like that if Joel was playing like that? I no. was actually thinking that. Not necessarily making it, but would they actually even try to do it mm. if he was playing? Um, it was easy, man. Yeah, I, I mean, it, with the it, way it, James it started, like Frogger, remember the old game Frogger? The way, the way James started out offensively, and I, I thought, man, we shot a very good percentage. We were we were handling our business offensively. It was yeah. we couldn't get any stops, but they couldn't get any stops either. Uh, Jalen Brown had seven shot attempts in the first quarter, only had three for the rest of the game. He was six of seven in the first quarter, and then he had three shot attempts the rest of the game. Three total shots? Yep. Oh, wow. See, it was a very weird game because 
we went over all the game logs versus them this year, and a lot of their role players did really well, not so much the top-heavy guys consistently. In the first quarter, it was the exact opposite. It was all top-heavy players. Tatum and Brown just lit us up in the first half. And then the second half, it became a lot more like the other games in the past. But I, I, if you look, I thought the game slowed down because it was a, it was a – if you looked at the pace of the game and the pace of the scoring versus the second half, I thought it slowed down some. Mm-hmm. Um, we did give them a little matchup zone a little bit that kind of took them off guard a little bit and and showed Tatum and Brown crowds and they were deferring. I do say I do think that those two were deferring. If they see the crowd, they were moving that ball and and wasn't trying to play through it. Um, and I think a couple of times, like with Brown, he tried to play through a couple of times. And he had those back to back turnovers that were huge. I don't know if that was third or fourth quarter. Um, but he hit like back to back. And obviously, you know, at the end when 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 Maxi got the steal, I mean he Maxi was wasn't even in good defensive position. <laughs> got the steal in the bucket. I mean, that's why nobody was there because he was behind the defense, he was behind the offense. Um so that's why I say I do think that Boston kind of, you know, has some things that they won't, you know. Wouldn't do on a normal basis. They kind of helped. Um, I don't know why Marcus switched with James out top. Just, I thought he could have just got through. James wasn't going to take the shot that early. Why not fight through it? You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't going to take the shot that early. Yeah. Um, so I think they just conceded to, but that's what a lot of teams do now. I don't really understand. They just, Switch, get a team. That's what Bar- Barkley was making fun of that after the game. Saying, I mean, but yeah, just just if if you don't want Al in it, then send somebody up there else instead of Al to switch it. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think they value Al guarding him. I, you know, I was that's what the coach said, but yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say, hey, let's let Al guard James for the game winner. Some of the stat disparities are, are crazy in this game. Like, they out-rebounded us by 10. They had double the amount of turnovers as we did, but they had more points off turnovers. They had 24 more points in the paint, and they had and we had double their fouls. It's just like – the <laughs> it's just so many, like, domination in one stat or another – it, it was a it was really a crazy game. It, it was it really was. They just, and that is, I think, maybe the worst they shot against us in three all season. Yeah. Um, they they have been lighting it up against us all year at three. So, man, but their overall field goal percentage was 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 great. I mean, just because, because of the points in the paint, though. <laughs> yeah, they had sixty six points in the paint. Sixty six. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And they had double. We we had double the amount of fouls. But they only made five more free throws than we did. Yeah. So we didn't miss. 12 free throws. I think that's what James Harden, like, per uh, uh, a game attempt is, just 12 a game in the playoffs. That would be, be different with Joel. Yeah. yeah, I would. I mean, I would hope so. But, dude, Maxi five fouls. I want to look up and see when's the last – I mean, how many games did Maxi have five fouls like, entering the fourth quarter? And he almost, and he almost fouled out on that. On the, luckily, they reviewed it and said it was uh, – Smart was still moving on that uh, yeah. charge blocking foul. 
What was this we talked about? We had four players with four or more fouls. They had one player with three only. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, let's say, obviously we're going to get to predictions in the next segment, but if we were to win uh, tomorrow game two, could you could you someone argue the point saying, hey, like we're up 2-0, we stole both games in Boston. Let's let's ride it out and let maybe Joel sit game three. And then and, and if we lose that, then we bring him out game four. Only if the injury says so. Okay. Not just from a because we won standpoint. You, you know what I'm saying? If, if they're saying more time off helps him and helps, you know, helps his recovery. Yes, but if they're saying no, you're gonna feel the same way in game four that you feel in three. No, you play three. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You you said if we win game two, will we rest in game three? That was my question. Yeah. J- yeah. Man, just for the hell of it, just because we won game two. I mean, we do have the buffer, but I just don't think how like two more days is really gonna. I just I don't know. I mean, there's so much mystery around this injury. Yeah. I mean that, that's what I'm saying. Like if if it if it helps, the injury helps. Then if you're saying it's going to be better for you know the next round and the round after, yes. But if you're just basically saying no, nah, it's not really going to do much. Then why? Mm. What about for game plan like type outlook? Because if we do beat them, let's say we beat them more handle. Let's say we beat them like five or ten. Right? Let's just being optimistic. What's to say like? They're having a hard time beating our Joel-less team. Why would we rush back someone if, A, they're not healthy all the way, and, B, they can't beat our current team as is, and we're going back to Philly? You think they would just be like, let's just ride this out? Almost like a, um, you know when a bench lineup does really well and they, they keep their starters out longer because they're playing so well? Is it like maybe one of those type situations? I'll give you three letters. <laughs> MVP. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. Because you that's a lot bigger than you think. If you're saying if a guy saying that he could play, you like, we're not gonna play him. What? Oh, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Nah. I'm sure Joel could say he could play right now, though. I'm sure he'll he'd love to. I think he would have played play. if he could play. Yeah. That's my concern. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he sits out just because it's nagging. I think he sits out because he can't play. Yeah. Which tells me it's worse than they said. Because this it isn't like um Boston and they just finished, they just played a game on Thursday. Heck, I don't even remember the last time he played. It's been what, two weeks? Has it been like 10 days? Game three of, of Brooklyn. So that's that was, I have it up right here, actually. That was Thursday of two weeks ago. So it'll be two weeks. In, so it's 12 days. Would have been Thursday. It was the 20th. Yes. Right? The 20th of April. Today's May 2nd. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. And you don't play. That's telling me enough. Yeah. Almost two weeks. It'll be, yeah, it'll be almost two weeks as of tomorrow when they play. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be over two weeks on Bio Friday. So, yeah. Well, what the, the pregame. You're telling me in two weeks that you can't play like that's 
Yeah. They don't necessarily need to come out and tell me that that tells me enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they say grade two is a four to six week recovery. So he's halfway to the the, the beginning stages of that. Yeah. That's, that's a re- yeah, recovery. You know, we don't know because recovery could be recovery to um, start doing stuff on the court versus recovery to play. Mm. Different things. Mm. Yeah. We don't know what what that recovery would mean. Yeah. I think Allie LaForce's pregame report, she was talking about how he's still getting fitted for certain braces. So I guess he's looking for a brace that's comfortable to play with, I guess. That's... Tells me tells me stability. Mm. You're wearing a brace. Stability and strength more than swelling. He was jumping around pretty good celebrating yesterday. I'll tell you that much. I was going to say, yeah. A lot of getting up and down to celebrate. Needs to be like a hyper basketball. That's not been playing basketball and cutting, and yeah, it's, it's not the same. But I, <laughs> yeah, I no. it's not the same. <laughs> he needs to be in a hyperbaric chamber somewhere. Walks down like a, like a little dark chamber with a little TV in there. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into our predictions here. Uh, so opening line for the game tomorrow night, uh, May third, uh, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TNT. Uh, Sixers opened up as a nine-point underdog. Uh, I just checked a little while ago. We are now a ten-point underdog, so it's gone up one point. Um, so, two questions here: Do you guys think Embiid plays, and who do you have winning this game? So, I'll give you one with Embiid, without Embiid. Uh, I do not think Joel plays. Um, I think Boston pulls it out, whether he does or not. But I do think we cover. I think it's a close game. Um. Close outcome, I might say, because, you know, I, I think that it's a close game. They pull away in the, little, in the end, and we kind of make it closer when they sub, or they're winning by a good amount, and then we make it closer in the end to cover. Very similar to that. I think we – I don't think he plays. Um, I think we lose game two. I think we cover though because I, I like that opened up as nine. That tells me they want people to jump on Boston while it's in single digits. And look, people smashed it when right back got the double digits, right? Whereas if they took the double digit, you're thinking, oh man, like why not take the team that just won? Same exact team, double digits. It's a lot to give up, right? It's just a, it's kind of like that 999 type look on, on a sale. Um, I think we cover, I don't think he plays. I know. Well, well, hey, we were on game one, so let's True. keep going. Because yeah, both of you guys had game two winning, uh, us winning game two. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I said we win in six. Yeah. Yeah. There's still, still a chance of a sweep and still a chance of a gentleman's sweep. So we still, you know. One last quick question because this has got a lot of attention too. Um, which performance was more impressive, Curry's versus the Kings or Harden's last night? Um, I mean, you go with game seven. Game sevens. I mean, that's what to me, that's to me, that was the difference. It was the last game and your, your game seven. Um, and it, you know, it's the team that just beat them by 20 <laughs> at home, you know, you know, I good there at home. I, I, 
I thought both game, both both players. I think it would have been hard to win if, if both guys didn't do what they did. But I, I I would lean towards Game Seven getting it, um, even though James also played without Joel. So it's tough. I mean, I think it's close, but being the the Game Seven kind of gives you the upper. Yeah, it's, it's tough to argue. Choose, yeah, it's tough to argue that. I mean, just saying, if that was if James game, just think if that was Game Seven against Boston on the road. You know, you like yeah, man. That would be a no brainer. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's, that's the best game playoff game. Yeah, of that's, career. that's the difference. Then, then the whole the whole signature game. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. but the dynamics of when you're playing and what's at stake does this does matter a little. Yeah, I still do think there's a lot to be said for the not having Embiid factor of it. Yeah, that's why I say I think it's close, but I would give the nod to the game seven. Because yeah, Curry would be for that like NBA be playing without like Wiggins and Clay Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) Tough to compare. (laughs) It's tough to compare. Those guys do a lot, you know. So well, you know, it's true. We would say we would say no to a Clay Thompson Wiggins for Embiid trade though. Let's get that. Yeah, I mean, but you know this. Embiid is the Curry. Curry Say two guys. Joel is the Curry of the team. So it would be like Blake Thompson doing it without Curry. Yeah, no, I was trying to – I couldn't – yeah, there's no one else to compare to Embiid. I had to find a comp somehow, so two for one. (laughs) Got it. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers podcast. We'll see you guys Friday as we preview game three of the series and also talk about game two and also – Congratulate uh, Joel Embiid because he'll probably be named MVP tonight, and we can be able to talk about that on a Friday. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't get uh, caught by somebody else. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.